that's uh that's what year was it recorded okay uh 86 was that movie 87 now look wait 89 he's bumbled his way onto the stage right i think that movie was 91. oh come on, come on watch now he's bumbled his way onto the stage okay see i can't hear the bumbling over all that audience laughter ah ah would I open my mouth and laugh ah, 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 ah. Oh, what's going on? People are laughing. Oh, sorry, ma'am. You stink. <laughs> now he's going to address them, and when he addressed them, they're going to start thinking, "Hey, this is part of the show." I can see this every night. Now I'm opening my mouth and laughing. What? What curtain? What curtain? Point to something, and use your hand. So Jimmy Durante's like, don't be a dummy. They're laughing. Leave the curtain up. Speak easily. <laughs> I'm going down to speak easily with a banjo on my speak easily. <laughs> Get that piano on. Now we'll have... There's an object from the Keaton, the willing of sex. That's physical. I can't stop laughing. Must open mouth. Now, why did he do that? Why did he go around in a circle? He has his own stick, his own piano oh, stick. Oh, he was doing it. Oh, okay. okay. Why is it every time that I go places, someone always picks Now, here's Jimmy Durante at his worst. When I take a walk with my family of ten children. That was the joke. He had sex ten times. Oh, what a creep. Uh-huh. Get a drink of pop. It's good stuff. It is not good stuff. And I bet you he negotiated for a, or I don't know what I'm talking about, but that was like, okay, Durante, you're going to be featured. This is a bit, you know what I mean? Well, the whole thing is like, he's playing himself. Basically he has his own uh, show on he Broadway. Playing himself. Yeah. It's. Now the director has said to uh, Buster Keaton, no more fucking up. Buster Keaton's like, you have my word. Oh, right. This is the weird balloon dance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's our gold digger. With balloon. Now, Michael, believe it or not, that is not really snow. That is a stage prop snow. Get out. Well, it's winter time in New York City, right? Times Square was snowing. That is true, but it would, you see, since they're indoors, it would melt, so they use... Confetti. Yeah. <laughs> That's actually this morning's version of the script. Now, the balloon has popped, so she's in trouble. So Buster Keaton's trying to <laughs> save his production, so he's like, get me another balloon, and she just... So we're backstage, but 
He's trying to help, but he keeps fucking everything up. The director's so funny. Like, he was a tough guy, see, for the beginning right. of the movie. And then the rest of the movie is just completely over his head and hapless. That's right. <laughs> Don't you go out there! Don't go out. Ha ha. Okay, here's me in the audience. Ha 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 ha. You gotta laugh with your mouth open. And roll them. Ha ha ha. Ha ha ha. Little backstage drama. So I get to experience the play and know what's going on backstage. The miracle of cinema. What are you doing out here and spoiling my act? Get lost. Uh. Uh, this is uh, the scene, the penguin scene, right? In B the Batman. <laughs> With Danny DeVito. Oh, no, it was, it was Colin, uh, whatever his name. Colin Farrell. And the, the, the most recent one. Can I see it? Maybe I didn't see it. Is it the one with the, like, goth Batman? Yeah, it's goth Batman. It's Nirvana Batman. Grunge, <laughs> okay, grunge so Batman. So now, Durante does a whole bit in which he's like, I don't think this guy's funny. The effeminate dancer. Yeah, that's right. He just made that face, right? Yeah. I, my ass would get sore in the audience, sitting in the audience watching this. Bring back the professor. Huh. It popped. <laughs> in his face. Now that's a good pairing. That's a good one. Right in his nose. Here's a water balloon. Yes. Here it is. Oh, no. It's supposed to land on his head and break. Right, probably. Well, they did that instead, maybe. God, we should drink every time he puts his fingers, the director puts his fingers in his hair. <laughs> I can't. Somebody give James a bubble. Jimmy, I so, haven't seen so many no. bubbles since <laughs> what? No beer. Once again, right? He's fucked up an entire scene, and everyone right. in the audience thinks it's on purpose. So they're loving this show, which is so crazy because this is happening in real time, and you know it it works because we're watching a movie and everything's really choreographed. But I bet you in real life it'd just be boring as shit, like Andy Kaufman shit. Like, do you, do you, can you really sit and watch this for more than two minutes in the audience? Yeah, like it's, everything's going wrong and it's a madhouse. Yeah, but you watch it as a train wreck. You're not like, ooh, this is entertaining and this has a point. Like, I guess, I don't know. I would probably leave at this point. Well, in the premise of the film, they would, they will say, it's, <laughs> maybe you're right, you know? It's just that like, when you when you have a concept and when you execute it, sometimes it doesn't really work. So right. when chaos ensues, it may not it may be chaos, but it might not be entertaining. But I guess they love it. Oh, that was great, well choreographed. <laughs> Say, who's the owner of this show? Why I am. Oh well, I happen to have something in my hand. You are hilarious, bub. Anyway, you're served. Oh, he goes. You got a funny comeback for everything. So I guess he does. He thinks he's not the owner, just making a joke. Oh right! Oh, this guy said he's the owner. Oh, good one. Anyway, you see the owner. Tell him I want to kill him. 
Well, that's it. Intermission. Okay, so is it intermission? I guess. Yeah, yeah. they're coming. Well, I guess intermission. They must have called it coming back. We got to get the professor off this stage. So essentially, they're gonna like they can't tie him up and put him in a closet. So they're gonna do the next best thing. They're like, go up in the catwalk and uh, have a right, seat. Right. Right. Yeah. Put the AS the agent of chaos up in the catwalk. <laughs> All right. I was saying this last time. I love being up in the catwalk. That was a great experience. I think I was in middle school and I got to mm -hmm. go up and you're really high up there. Yes. Yes. You know what I did? I, I sat down on the catwalk and I had my feet dangle off the catwalk and then I opened up my lunch box <laughs> and during the show I ate it. And then I turned to the, my friend and I go, it stinks. <laughs> I hold my nose in some select moments of the show. You ever see the movies where they move up to the catwalk? I think Citizen Kane did it. And they're like, P.U., the guy's up in the catwalk. I remember Gilbert was in the catwalk in the uh, Albert, uh, gosh, who was it? Who was the father on Growing Pains? Alan Dick? That guy tried to have Thick of the option. Night? They worked yeah. together on Thick of the Night. Yeah, right. So he said, Gilbert Godfrey's up in the catwalk, and they would cut to him every now and again. Which was a ripoff of Chris Elliott, the man who lived under the under the bleachers. Do you remember that? Like, I, they had a Letterman bit where there was like a man who lived under the bleachers, and they would open it up and it'd be Chris Elliott. Uh huh. That's right. I okay, forgot what exactly was that. Hilarity is going to ensue as we have another fuck up. Right. Oh, ha, 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 ha. Up in the catwalk they thought they were safe right and the catwalk yes now, the catwalk i've swung from a vine in my life and it's hard to hold on mike really hard it's scary right yeah because you can't let go but it burns but you can't let go or you're gonna fall so it's fucked up now look at keaton just doing it for the show barehanded right. I can't believe they knocked over the bicyclists on the moving sidewalk. The entertainment of the evening is ruined. What hilarity. Look at look at Durante with the mustache. <laughs> Whoa. Ah, 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 ah. This must all be part of the show. Ladies and gentlemen. I mean, he himself is really funny, so I guess I would enjoy it as an audience member. But just watching people haphazardly running around. I'm an artist. I'm a sandwich artist. Would you like cheese on that? <laughs> I'm a sandwich artist. What kind of bread would you like? I only give you one sweet pepper. I can make a mixture. Hot and sweet pepper. Kick! Now and this is some of the stuff at... that the Marx Brothers got in a night at the Yeah. Um... The documentary shows the, the diff this different scenes to show what exactly they used. And the curtain was one that you mentioned a lot. Yeah. Well, I think the big thing was Harpo, like, 
descends for, and grabs onto a backdrop and rips a swath, like kind of descends as a, a piece peels down. Uh-huh. I don't know if we actually see that a scene like that in this movie, but he, the director gave them a, a revolver and said, "Shoot them! They'll think it's part of the show." I love how like he's swinging around, and when he's in front of the audience, all he hears is "ah ha ha ha." And then when he goes back, says, "Get him off the stage! He's ruining the show!" Ooh, and then he goes back, "ha ha 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 ha." Take that trombones! What the fuck are you doing? Get a real job. Fucking hysterical. Oh, I'm so happy I wore a tuxedo to this. Drink. He puts his hands through his hair. Drink. (laughs) Drink. You double-crossed me. You didn't show me this in rehearsals. I, I, but I, 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 oh, touch his head, hair, drink. So this is how we learn that everyone thinks it's a big hit. And they want to give him like a deal for a quadrillion dollars. A quadrillion dollars? Yeah. Are you TC Post? Yes. Okay. So this is where he's going to get served? Yes. Here's an injunction $10,000 in costs. Will you settle it? James will take care of it. Here it is. But James can't take care of it. You fooled me, but you got a hit. Just do this six times a week, twice, once in the matinee, and two in the evening. Oh, my God. This is the sixth time I went to see a guy wreck the show. It was so unexpected. I can't yeah, wait to see it a seventh time. How can you do it? Yeah, right. A second time. Yeah. He, I don't know. I mean, there's been shows where, like, noise is off, where, like... This been shows were disaster. I don't know. It's like watching a comedian have a plant in the audience, and they're uh-huh. like, "Hello, yeah, yeah. sir. We haven't met. No, we haven't met." And you're like, "This doesn't really exist in real life. It's obviously a plant." <laughs> you know, like TV. You see, you see, and you go, "Well, that's TV. That makes sense." But in my real- favorite plant ever was um, in that um, Over the Moon movie with with um, fabulous with the uh, J- J- cat. Carrie, Jim Carrey, uh-huh. I got it out, in which he's doing Tony Clifton, and then that guy's a plant in the audience, and he's right, he's picking on him, having a fight, he pours water over it. Yeah, right. Well, that's, I mean, that's like the, the ultimate plant, you yeah. know? Yeah. You put, it, you put it in your mouth. It's the worst joke ever. It's so, it, there's no punchline. That's why I hate it. It's the only bad thing about this I don't know. Is that true? It seems. It seems like why wouldn't the director know there's a dangerous stunt in this show? Kissy, kissy, kissy. Right. Why wouldn't he know what his thing was? And and we didn't see him at all in the production. Yeah. Well, we did in the beginning. Like you kind of. Well, okay. Uh, you got to listen to him. 1920 style. Tell her to fuck off. Situation which otherwise might be filled without. This I will do to the medium of a much older but pungent phrase. Nuts to you. Oh, pungent. My nuts are pretty pungent, girl. Yeah, nuts yeah. to you. Nuts now, to I you. It meant balls back then, right? It did. It had it. Oh, the movie's over already? Yeah. Wow. 
it did mean balls, right? It was like uh, I don't think nuts to you means you know, hey, somebody's balls. I don't know. I could be wrong. I think, I'm not well, thirty. So there was the nuts and bugs. Like you have, you think you see bugs, you're crazy, right? Like that guy's bugs or whatever. The nuts, but I think it is your testicles. It's testicles to you. <laughs> nuts to you. Don't you remember that scene in Auntie Mame where she says, "Oh, I just said something that offends Auntie Mame," and Auntie Mame goes, "Nuts." <laughs> really? So yeah. yeah. So maybe that's because that's all they can do is innuendo, and you can only suspect. Right. I think you're well, right. You're right. Pungent uh, nuts is uh, is uh, not necessarily a innuendo at this point. Carl, what do you think of this movie? Speak easily. I enjoyed it. I know that uh, in real life, it wasn't a place he wanted to be, and and I didn't like Jimmy Durante, but uh, I think that uh, I did enjoy this film, and I enjoyed Buster Keaton's performance. And um, when they worked together, they did it well. You know, they did I mean, great. Yeah, I I do like this movie. I I think it's I still like What No Beer the best. I I saw the plumber TCM showed all these talkies that Buster I gotta did. I got these films. And uh, I was I had first watched it, but yeah, this one really holds up. Mm. Uh, there's some really funny stuff, and they they're both pretty funny. And maybe Jimmy Durante from the 30s is a lot more tolerable than what I grew up with, which was Jimmy Durante <laughs> in the 70s and 80s. You know, yeah. which is like a creepy old man at that point. Or I don't know. I'm, God bless him. <laughs> I hope we mirror. Until the next Jimmy Durante movie. You know, Carl, I looked for other Jimmy Durante movies. Uh -huh. he, he did a movie called like Billy Rose's Circus or something. Like the guy, Billy Rose, had to have his name on it. Okay. Uh, but yeah, what have you. Uh, okay, well, that has been Speak Easily for 1932 with Buster Keaton. Carl, we'll be back next Sunday. And I believe we're going to be watching the Buster Keaton story. Or is uh... that next? Is it? I think you might be right about that. All right. Well, either way. As you know, uh, people, we uh, had to do this two times because one time we screwed up. And, it would have been uh, fine. Listen, so if you want to hear the original screw up one, it's not bad at all. Just subscribe to us on our non existent Patreon page. <laughs> and you'll get that as a bonus feature, as well as the time we went to the moon and talked to the king of the moon. Uh, well, we're at it, right? Okay, uh, well, so next, next week will be the Buster Keaton story, 1957. Yeah, 1957. So while Buster was still alive, they did a, a movie, like Man yeah. on the Moon, a, a biography, a biodrama about the legendary comedian Buster Keaton, starring the legendary com uh, comedian uh, Donald O'Connor from the Francis yeah. the Talking Mule movies. From the Francis movies. And and I gotta say that they didn't do Buster Keaton's story at all. They did a movie star story, but this it's not pretend. Yeah, it's a notorious cult film because it doesn't is not accurate at all. Right. And he just did it for the money, and it, that's baked into the premise that like he got his approval. But he was in the movie, and he was yeah. a stunt tech. You know, he was a technical advisor. Yeah. So it that's is right. an interesting film. We are we both seen it, but we both love this movie, or we don't. But okay, here's the trailer. In a world, <laughs> I'm going to make people laugh by having my dad throw me around the stage. <laughs> well, Vaudeville is dead. What do you mean is dead? We're still opening for the show. No, three Keatons are out of here. Come on, Diane. Come on, Michael. I use that joke next week. Uh, Diane Keaton, Michael Keaton. I'm going to Hollywood to become a Hollywood movie, silent movie star. You're crazy, look, kid. You're crazy, kid. You'll never make a thing of yourself. I'm here to see Mr. Wood. 
Kid, there's no one named Hollywood. <laughs> Go as you hop back on the bus. I'm Mr. Wood, Mr. Ed Wood. Yes, right. I will hire you. Glenn or Glenda, starring Buster Keaton. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, so that's the movie. We get to see uh, Buster Keaton Rated go to R. Hollywood. Rated R. And uh, he, they do address his drinking problem in this movie. And it's completely they address any star's drinking problem. Remember, he went to the sanatorium to get clean. They don't have that in the film. It's Yeah, no, it, it's a really bad version. So, of course, we're going to watch it next week. So, get ready for that. Check it out. And, of course, uh, you can see Carl at carlsucks.com, as you saw on the ad on the uh, curtain of the Vaudevillian show. <laughs> uh, check out his dates. Check out his style. Uh, check out MuniRadio.fm for more great shows and live comedy. And uh, and just uh, take care of yourselves. Huh? Well, guys, we'll see you next week. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Beagleman. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube. With Mike Beagleman It's been over one long year Watching movies bad, strange and weird Commandeered By Michael Hi, this is Carl I'm Mike's friend Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Let's watch a Hi, this is Carl. I wrote this song. I I'm Mike's friend. My turn-ons are satin sheets. I love to be outdoors. Follow me on Twitter. Jokes to call. The French duh, not the duh, duh. Let's watch a W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. Welcome to Muni Radio. The acronym stands for Let's Watch a Full-Length Movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. Hi, Carl. Welcome to Mutiny Radio. Thank you, Mike. Happy to be here in the heart of the Mission District in San Francisco. That's right. Whatever day this is airing, November you know, something. <laughs> we, we stream first on Mutiny Radio here in the Mission District. 
uh, every Sunday at 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, SFT as it were, uh, or NJT would be 5 p.m. New Jersey time. Mm-hmm. NJT. Uh, we like to watch a full-length movie on uh, YouTube with you, and we would like you to listen to our podcast and watch the movie at the same time. And I do say podcast. If you're not listening to us live, perhaps you're listening to our podcast that drops under our acronym L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. And we also have a YouTube channel with the same acronym, which is L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. Sounds great, Carl. Good to see you again. What movie are we seeing today? Today we will watch The Buster Keaton Story, 1957. The Buster Keaton Story, 1957. That's what you put in the YouTube search engine. engine. And the channel we like is called Make Em Laugh. Now, we, we are friends of Make Em Laugh. We watched the movie on that channel before. Uh-huh. What did we channel? see? I don't remember. I don't remember either. But I just remember laughing my ass off. Oh, oh, oh. Got to make them laugh. All oh, right, so go ahead. We are going to be watching, as Carl said, The Buster Keaton Story from 1957. Keaton. Type in the title. Type in the year. And uh, when you see Make Them Laugh, that is the uh, channel that is hosting the movie we're watching. Click the link. Hit pause. Relax. Smoke a dube. Move the timer to zero, zero. <laughs> drink it. Take a drink. Man, you must be fucked up before this movie. Are you the type that drinks before you even, like you eat all the popcorn during the, the trailer and then you drink like everything? I'm going to sneak in a bottle of booze and then it's like gone. <laughs> well, That's happened in my life that I've had the popcorn before the movie starts. Not in this case. Not in this case. It was a uh, banana. This movie is so suspenseful, you will be holding popcorn on your fingertips to your mouth, unable to complete the task. Right? I guess. Unable to go. All right. So we want you to go ahead and find it. Carl, you are bananas. Hello. Oh, you do a little slapstick? You slapped that joke in. You slipped that joke in, and it appealed. Carl, in honor of Buster Keaton, is going to take a banana peel and throw it randomly in his house. Just like in that, uh, in Fish Burgers, you had the banana... It was best love drug songs, and you, yeah. you, you ate the banana, and you go, whoa! <laughs> we should mention, and I think this is appropriate, because uh, we did a better job than this movie, if you ask me. <laughs> uh, 30 years ago, we had a public TV, uh, public access TV show on New Jersey yeah. Cable, suburban, uh, Essex County Suburban Cable. Uh, yeah, it was store, no, it wasn't store cable, it was, yeah, suburban, suburban access, was that it? Yeah, I think so. so and now... Public access TV shows. That's so 30 years ago. Find it on doing... YouTube, though. Look, Fish Burgers, it's the name of the channel. You'll see Mike as yes. a young man. Yeah, you're very young. Still stumbling over every word he speaks. Right, but I'm drunker and smokier than I was as I am now. Yeah. Uh, youth. All right, well, so you got a recommendation? Check out our Fish Burgers page on YouTube. And we want you to go ahead, find the movie. Sounds complicated, but don't worry. We are going to talk to a celebrity comedian, give you a couple minutes to get yourself ready. Yeah. Learn about a new guy, a new comedian, new woman. I don't know. I haven't heard this yet, but I'm really excited. Carl, take it away. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Celebrity Comedian Countdown, this time with Rebecca Caddis. Welcome, Rebecca. Thank you. 
Now, you and I know each other out there on the comedy scene. We're always bumping into each other at a show, Kip Ambrosio or uh, Anthony Quinn or something. We see each right. other open mics. How long have you been doing comedy? Because you've been out there as long as I have. It'll be seven years in December. Wow, seven years. Yeah. Okay. That's, that added up quick. I mean, you know. <laughs> Yeah, I started when I was 40. That was, like, my mother got me a class for my 40th birthday. Oh, how nice. Yeah. Now, you are a teacher, and mm-hmm. this is your profession. And just like me, we have our regular job, and we have our comedy job. So I'm wondering, because I hear all these stories about teachers, has comedy ever, in a bad way, bumped into your teaching, threatened your job? Uh, no. I Yeah, I really try. I mean, I don't. I, I've mentioned it in passing, but it's not like I, I crowd work my students or anything. I, you know, I, I, um, I don't have a lot out there that's easy to find. You would have to really want to find me gotcha. uh, if you didn't, you know, you, you would have to really have a great curiosity to start digging around as a student or a parent and the students don't care. That sounds like you're very safe. I mean, I've interviewed teachers on this podcast for the countdown who have gotten into trouble. One of them even got let go. Right. I think I know who you're talking about. Um, no, you have to. You have to be careful. Yeah. If you want, if you want to keep your job, if you want to, you know, keep your car on the road. Now, your fellow comedians are a debauch group of misfit degenerates. Now, they get up there at the open mics, and they just let it all fly. Now, I've seen you at the open mics visibly shocked by their content, and you even comment on it when you get up and start doing your routine. Tell me about How do you feel about this? How do you handle it? Well, you know, it it doesn't, you know, unless it's directed, it's, you know, directed at me, which usually it, it isn't. Not that they're respectful, so respectful, but I think they know better. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You know, but um, other than that, I mean, you really, you you can't be easily offended if you're going to enjoy comedy, get on shows, go on open mics. It's not, you know, it's not my job to uh, correct, you know, I'm not their teacher. <laughs> and also, I say what I want, too, and I can, you know, I can, I can go, I can go a little blue. Yeah, I've seen that. I've seen you go blue, but it's a nice blue. These guys, you know, I I know that you're not offended, but I do see your jaw drop at some of the things they say. Right. Well, you know what it is? You know what? It's mostly the things when somebody says something, they can say it as shocking as they want. And, you know, like the the comic saying is you can say anything you want as long as it's funny. Um, It's got to be if it's funny and clever enough, you could talk about anything. Um, But if it's not quite funny enough or clever enough it's just a kind of nasty and um i'm the one thing that i'm not a fan about like i said i'm not offended but um this like misogyny makes me zone out it's it's overdone it's you know and um you know there's there's just so sometimes i'm like i can't believe they're going for that low-hanging fruit again <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the next place I was going to go. You are a female comedian, and there just aren't a lot of you out there, you know? Do you have any issues in comedy not getting booked or not getting paid attention to or something like that? Anything you want to express about being a female comedian? 
Um, you know what? Not really. Um, I, you know, I, I don't know. You know, I don't. I don't think it would have to do with my gender more. Uh -huh. I think um, sometimes I don't. You know, I'm also I'm I'm also not the same. I'm also like at least a half a generation or a generation older than the majority of the comics out there. So I have to fight a little harder for them to even listen. Gotcha. Huh. It, are you a comedian or a comedian? Comedian. Okay. So. What about Anthony Quinn? You've been on his podcast, right? Yes. He regularly has you on. Were you on late night? I think you were. I was on late night once, and I was on uh, I was on a lot of podcasts, mostly during the pandemic. But um, sometimes, if there's uh, you know he's you know he's got the conspiracy podcast and the food addict podcast, and both of those I find relatable. Right. And uh, you know, so if I heard something or, you know, saw something, I, you know, uh, once or twice, I said, did you ever do a podcast on that? Because if not, I want it, you know. Gotcha. Uh, now, you're yeah. a little privileged. You're very often invited on his podcast. Other people go on, like, once or twice, you know. I mean, you're, right. you're a little, should feel a little honored, right? Yeah, no, I do, and I enjoy it. Yeah. You know, I, I enjoy talking about things because they're not things you can bring up in, in you know, in – in conversation you like you know like i eat myself silly and i like to talk about scientology uh, all day long but you know you can't just you know you can't you can't just start off like that and you know right most, most people don't want to don't want to engage in that conversation i appreciate that uh, that he he uh, he indulges my my quirks <laughs> yeah it's the right audience the right environment listening you know so it's it's good to uh, have an outlet cuz I've been there too. There's things that I can talk about on Anthony Quinn's. You know, if I'm at Thanksgiving dinner, nobody wants to hear about Scientology. They're exactly. Not yeah. Okay, so Rebecca Caddis, how can people find you out there on the interwebs, on social media? Where can they get a hold of you? And not that students should, and, you know, check you out, go to a show. My face is very easy. My Facebook is Rebecca Caddis. And my Instagram is rmcatiz, R as in Rebecca, M as in Mary, Cattis. Um, And so I'm pretty easy to find. Um, and I am uh, very easy to book. Hint, hint. No, it's C-A-T-I-Z. C-A-T-I-Z for the audio listeners. Yes. Okay, yes. now speaking of those audio listeners, it's very important that everyone at home presses play at the same time we do here in the studio. We are pleased to watch this film. So why don't you go ahead, Rebecca Caddis, and give us that celebrity comedian countdown. Okay, three, two, one, go. Thank you, celebrity comedian, for that countdown. That's actually very interesting. I'm glad yes. I'm going to hear it later. I think Good. that was probably one of our best, if not the best, celebrity comedian countdown we've had. Hands down the best. You know, this is the sad, happy, loving story of one of the immortals of the silent screen. Uh, this is, is the it Fatty sad, Arbuckle? happy, incorrect story. Because this movie incorrect? is all wrong. What are you talking about? It says the Harold Lloyd story. <laughs> no, Buster Keaton. But anyway, it's all like they amalgamate characters and they uh, make up stuff and they don't show the whole picture. And 
This film's pretty bad. It was written by a very talented guy, a talented TV producer and director. He was doing movies at this point, um, Sidney Sheldon. But, uh, but he didn't do a good job with this film's story. It is not really Buster Keaton. Now, Buster Keaton was still alive, of course, at this time. He was going to do It's a Mad Men, Mad Men World in like 65, maybe 63. And this is 57. So uh, he's, he's alive and well when they he's release He's alive and well. And he got 50 grand to give his, the rights to his film. Now, look to his life. Now, right there, it says the three Keatons. Yeah. And they're the lowest billing. Right. Right away, they're wrong. That what do you is, mean? They weren't lowly billed. They they were highly billed. They were headliners many times. Now, like you might say, well, there's many points in their career, but they, this, you'll see, it'll fast forward to the future and they'll still be at the bottom, the lowest rung. That's just not the truth. They were an established act and people, you know, they were headliners. Now, were they called? Were they called the? Was that? They were part of the Harry Houdini show, where you would do the magic and everything. Punch your gut for a dollar. Nah, not today. Thanks, uh, Buster. <laughs> now, Buster got fifty grand for this, and that made him financially solvent for the rest of his life. He was able to buy a house in uh, San Fernando Valley, and that was the house he lived in until he died. He, um, it, it, it this movie doesn't do a good service by Buster Keaton, but it certainly paid him. Now watch, there's little Buster, and he can't get a bite to eat. So watch him fight for it. Give me that! <laughs> <laughs> the first time I ever saw this, I really felt bad for Buster. He couldn't even, I mean, he was when he came through the door, he was like starving. Right. He said, go and eat, Buster. Oh, the three Keaton. This is my favorite what? act. Yes. It is Michael, Diane, and Buster. And, and it's uh, Tito, Jermaine. Now, this kind of doesn't make sense to me. He's going to, like, swing a basketball, <clears throat> which I think would hurt. Maybe it's not a basketball. But I don't get the setup. Why is it occurring? Is he dressing down well, the singing opera star? He, but, but, but is that a thing? When, when you don't like the opera, you throw a, a, a guy with the baseball, a with the basketball? This reminds me of that game we would play at school. Oh, he fell off the table. Right. Whoa. Now, that was by mistake, and he's hurt. Oh, I'm the life. audience, Carl, and I love it. I'm a Bobillion audience member of my, right. my pal, Carl, and we are in rip-roaring. Well, actually, because the audience laughed so much, every single show that they would do this sketch in, he would on purpose fall from that point forward. Why would Abraham Lincoln make his son fall every show? <laughs> 1904. Yeah, oh, it was but only now 50 it years ago. 16 years later. 16 years later, and they're, they're at the still at the bottom of the barrel. Below the dogs. Right, they're under the dogs. Uh-oh, oh, it's only the two Keatons. Because Buster's off to Hollywood. Oh, yeah, I just read that in the newspaper. You know, standard acts splitting up. Many try Hollywood. They're going to do th that throughout the whole film. They're going to give us plot points that are overarching by newspaper article. Now, listen, I want you to know that's not true at all. No. He, okay, Buster Keaton bumped into Fatty Arbuckle in Manhattan, okay? And that's where they were filming. He worked for um, 
Arbuckle for like three years before they together moved out to Hollywood. I might be wrong on the time frame there, but I'm saying it just isn't this. This movie has him crashing the gate. You know what I mean? Right. Sneaking yeah. onto the lot and getting discovered. Just a bunch of hooey. You know, this is a very oh. famous studio. Oh, that's very famous. Now, look, here's Buster trying to get in, faking his way in, as if real life is one of his movies. Yeah. And we should mention Donald O'Connor. We we talked about him before. He's from uh, Singing in the Rain. And uh, he was in Francis the Talking Mule. That's where we know this. We just saw, yes. Yes. We saw him join the wax, which is wax because he's not even a chick. And that's the joke. (laughs) Oh, typical backstage. I did cheap trick for our theme song for that. Oh, you did? Yeah, you'll hear L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. That's right. I love it. Yeah, we picked the perfect name for our show. Sure, it's about 12 letters. Yeah, we didn't pick it. You didn't pick it. I didn't pick it. The studio gave it to us. Look, it's a clunker, but you've embraced it. And you said, that's right, bitches. L-W-A-F-L. Yeah, good luck. Good luck finding it. It's the internet world. You can't use normal words. You have to have something completely unique. You made that up pre-pand. You embraced that pre-pandemic. Yeah. Oh, I know. I'm ahead of my time. Oh, I could do better. Now, okay, he does not do a good job. Um, Peter Laurie. Yeah, Peter Peter Laurie. He's all right. He's on your side. He's not Sydney Green Street. Do you know that song by the Jazz Butcher? Peter Laurie, Peter Laurie, he's all right. He's on your side. He's not. Sydney Green Street from Maltese Falcon. Yeah, from Maltese Falcon, but also nine other films they did together. Sydney uh, Green Street and, and Peter Laurie did nine films total? Uh, the second of the nine films which Laurie and Green Street appeared in together. Yeah. Um, we're talking, we're skipping a bunch of his history, but that's cool. He started. The Maltese Falcon in 41 was the first one with like Humphrey Bogart and Sidney Greenstreet. Sure. And Casablanca is the famous one. He would do nine in total. That's a lot. Oh, that's right. I forgot he was in Casablanca and Maltese Falcon. I'm a, a Maltese Falcon man. I've seen that mm-hmm. movie numerous times, and I've seen Casablanca once at a film class. I got upset because I was breathing through my mouth too hard, and they kept looking at me. <laughs> now, listen, I got to tell you right now, Casablanca is the good film, and Maltese Falcon is very bad. It's flat. It's very poorly written. What are you talking about? He's a total shithead. Look, his partner dies. First thing he does is scrape the guy's name off the door. He's done with him. (laughs) It's a good movie. It's a good movie. He's a shit heel. He's a total shit, and he he sells out everybody at the end. It's a great movie. I I watched Maltese Falcon more times than I watched Casablanca. I know. I know. I think that's backwards, but. Okay, so Buster has now broken into the set. And he is making his rounds. And the first thing he did was he was talking to the casting director and he didn't know it. And he was talking down to her and being shitty. Oh, no. Uh, come now up he and... goes up to the star. So her name is um, Gloria Brent in this movie. Okay. By the way, she's still alive today. She's like the only one. Wow. Um, and so he goes... Who's the casting director? You know, when they go, Brent, over there, Brent. He thinks it's Mr. Brent. So he will call Gloria Mr. Brent throughout the whole film. Classic. And is that really Cecil B. DeMille? Well, not yet, but we'll see him. Yeah. He's going to play himself? 
<clears throat> he plays himself. He was kind of one of those personality directors, like Hitchcock in the fifties. Yeah. Like people knew of him. Otto, even our friend Otto from uh, the Great Gabo, Otto and uh, Eric von oh, yes, Strongheim. Right. People knew him as a celebrity. I guess Orson Welles too. Yes, Orson Welles for sure was a celebrity director, and maybe the birth, uh, the the granddaddy of them. Maybe, maybe you're right. Yeah, he was a showman, you know. So he's gonna, she's gonna say, "Well, I'm the casting director, right?" Right. Well, yeah. It turns into, "Excuse me, Mr. Brent, are you Mr. Brent?" Excuse me, Mr. Brent. And he goes, "Geez, Mr. Brent." And he goes, "Oh, imagine that, an old friend, and he, she happens to be the casting director, you know, because they met a minute ago." Nice save, Donald. But she doesn't like him. She's not impressed with him. And he goes, "She's like, you're." You're too short, your ears hang too low, your eyes aren't lined up right. And he's like, this isn't a beauty contest, I'm a comedian. Yeah, I don't want to be pretty to make someone laugh. I feel, man, I fought. Did you know my resume? I was a vaudevillian. I fought I, it across the country. Do you think if there was if vaudevillian was current now and just the way we know open micers work, would people be like, yeah, man, I'm a road vaud. I don't do this like open mic vod shit. I go around the world. I go around the country. I, I drive around and I vod everywhere. I'm a vodder. I'm a vodder. What are you? you so she's like, fine vaudeville star, make me laugh. So he goes off to do it. Now, Peter Laurie's the director. He plays it very flat. I like his character. I don't mean flat as like he didn't do it right. I mean, right. his character's flat. Now that's Uncle Fester getting put into the pot. Really? Yeah, that's no. I saw Steve Coogan, right? Jackie, Jackie, Jackie. Coogan. Uh, Steve Coogan is uh, Alan Partridge. He's the British director. He he was in uh, Laurel, Stan and Ollie. Is uh, I'm thinking of. Yeah. Uh, and Cecil B. DeMille is right above Peter Laurie right now, fucking with the camera. Oh no, shit! Good for him. Uh, I always liked you. You know how they always like. You ever see uh, man? I'm all over the place, but you seen Man in the Moon, right? The Andy Kaufman yes. biography. Yes. It's not true. Events are kind of jumbled around. Mm -hmm. And then the worst part is that during the funeral scene, everybody who never showed up at his funeral play themselves at attending the funeral. Oh. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, so I'm sure Cecil D. Milton, now he's buddies with Buster Keaton, according to this movie, right? He's very, very amorable. Right? Yep. Okay, now, so <clears throat> you go, Uncle Fester goes up and he's like, Look, something's wrong, Peter Laurie. Nobody's laughing. And he goes, you just play the scene. They'll laugh when it's on screen. And then, then Buster Keaton goes, no, they won't. And he goes, who said that? And he calls him over. He goes, oh, we had grace to have an amazing comedian. Right? So he's like, why don't you show me how to do it? He's sarcastically saying, go ahead. Oh, wait a minute. Is he asking him to make me laugh? Yes. Yeah. Okay, oh. so... Now, once again, audience, none of this fucking shit happens. That's why right. this movie is a curse. Because you will think that you saw, oh, yeah, Buster Keaton, you know, he broke into the lot and he did it. They said, yeah, he told, off. He, he told off Sidney Greenstreet's pal. Yeah, it will be DeMille was there. I have to think, you know, there's a film called Wired, the John Belushi movie, which was the seventh movie uh, this podcast did. Back oh, in the day right. on YouTube and grabbed onto it. It is mm -hmm. not on YouTube. Otherwise, we would rewatch it, Carl. Absolutely. Okay. But one of the things the John Belushi biography does, one of the worst movies of the 80s from 89, is that they didn't have the rights to any of the Saturday Night Live bits. So they would have to create their own bits. 
Right. So for the most part, they had the music rights for the Blues Brothers. So most of the time when Blue was on SNL in the movie, like, look at this bit. This is fucking racist bullshit. He never did this shit. Well, it's not because, <clears throat> listen, not because it's racist. Right. And but it's please stupid. don't be woke because this is why we're woke today because of this old bullshit. We shouldn't. Yeah, be right, right. Like, now, look. But, yeah. Oh, go ahead. Tip, finish your story because I'm just going to tell you what's going on in the film. No, go ahead. And tell me what's going on in this film. I just don't think there was ever a movie with Buster Keaton with this scene in it. Um, That's very possible. Now, Buster Keaton, okay, all I was going to say is that this is the whole make me laugh thing, and he is doing it. So the end of this scene should result in him getting a part or something. Right. But it doesn't. But it doesn't. Well, because he's an asshole show off and uh, a- amateur who does, should we get off the lot? Well, this is funny. Is it? It's like watching Wired where they make up. See, some of the sketches they did in Wire reflected John Belushi's life. So it was a uh-huh. doctor with a Groucho Marx glasses telling him, why'd you take two lines and call me in the morning, Hong Kong? <laughs> and it's like, you guys don't have any rights to the SNL bit. So I wonder, like, and because well, what I was going to say is you're probably right that this never was a real movie or, or something like that. I, I'm betting but, the farm on it. But Keaton was on set and helped them with all reenactment of his old movies he even put new things in oh so maybe all right well then i take it back now watch here's his humiliating defeat they were just having him on but meanwhile he was making them laugh oh you they spent all this time and energy just to make him look like a fool on the set yeah because it's a movie the guy lit a fire on the set budget right he's supposed to be yeah So now he's embarrassed, and he's basically going to leave with his head between his He's He's a pretty skin, skinny guy. I mean, he's, what, 97 soaking wet? <laughs> you know, he does – this Donald O'Connor does not do a good job of being yeah. Buster Keaton. His, yeah. He does not have the deadpan. Dude, I'm telling you, like, the worst part is that we have to watch him reenact scenes from the movies. So you're watching – again, I'm going to bring up other biographies. Lenny? Dustin Hoffman playing Lenny Bruce doing full on routines. Their soundtrack mm-hmm. was Lenny Bruce was uh, Buster was uh, uh, Dustin Lenny, Lenny Bruce Lenny Bruce. Yeah, so it was Dustin Hoffman as Lenny Bruce. That right. was the soundtrack. Right. So you can listen to him doing Lenny Bruce routines as it. So I don't know. There's there's some people like I saw that new Elvis movie and you know that that guy Austin Taylor whatever his name is, Butler yeah. did a fucking fantastic job. I should see it. Yeah, of course. You should okay. see it, Carl. I think I have $16 left on my AMC movie card. Uh, it's on HBO Max. Aren't you, like, wired for the 21st century? Uh, no. I have Hulu with ads. Right. I have Netflix. I've got, of course, Roku. You turned me on to Tubi, which is pretty good. Pretty good. And, and um, I get Showtime, but it comes for free somehow. I didn't do sign up for that. I had HBO Max pirated for a short time. And yes, boy, keep going. That was, fun. that was fun. They kept scrambling the R-rated movies. It was like it was nostalgic for you. <laughs> okay, so now we're getting a surprise. He's been kicked out and humiliated, but Gloria comes along and says, I want you to report on Monday morning to the what? So <clears throat> this is real. This was like one of the first times he got noticed by the studio. So now... Donald does an okay job right. of doing everything Buster Keaton did. 
But the thing is, it's just not special to me because. Yeah. Like I agree that, with you. Like that. You see that like fling into the air? It was yeah. obvious. I'm acting fling. Whereas oh, absolutely. Buster Keaton, you just, a fuck up happened, you think, as a viewer, you know? Well, he was the master of the deadpan, right? He would fuck yeah. up and you would see it on his face that he's not, you know, you could just see it on his face, which is that nothing. That literally comes from vaudeville. He used to, he found out that when he would get knocked about on stage and fall and pratfall, you know, he used to make, oh, I got hurt or, whoa, that was fun or something. Then, But he got harder laughs when he kept his face completely still. Like he could like, like he didn't, he doesn't, like everything's getting past him. He doesn't know what's going on. So he, that's how yeah. that was born. It's remarkable, man. Like we'll, we're more than willing as a civilization to laugh at someone slipping. But the reason is because we look in their face and we see ourselves. Yes. It, this could totally happen to us. Yes. So that's where it come up, his deadpan came about. He just acts like, what the fuck? Like he, <laughs> like he just, he's a little bit dumb. It kind of like it's going too quick for him. We we watched a few of his movies, and of course, yeah. I infamously uh, referred to him as Harold Lloyd because I liked the movie so much. I didn't give him, I didn't give Buster Keaton the credit. Uh, but well, the general was fabulous. General, yeah, it's an amazing. Like it's everything you want to see in an action film, action uh, yeah. comedy. And um, um, well, that's all I wanted to say about it. Yeah. Oh, the preview cards, Carl. This is this is still happens today here in Hollywood. Oh, today it's Yelp. Look, hey, I gotta turn off the uh, I gotta turn off the studio oven. I'll be right back. Okay. Damn it! Damn it! Uh, okay. On the left, if you're old like me, you'll see that Tom is sitting there, and Tom is Oscar Goldman from from the Six Million Dollar Man. Later, and the Bionic Woman, but we all know that was a spinoff. That was like super dog. Buzz, bring Mr. Keaton in here. Now, Tom and Gloria will go on to have a romance. Like, Tom is the competing love interest against Buster. Ah, uh, you want to see me, Mr. Uh... Larry what? Larry what? Oh, Carl. Big bo Larry Carl. Winters. You want wonderful audience? I know you can't see, but he just showed me some sort of casserole fresh out of the oven. Mutiny radio oven. <clears throat> okay, so anyway, right now they're like, they don't say people liked you, but it's pretty obvious that he's there. They're What's not the saying that people liked him, but it's pretty obvious he's there because people liked him. So they're offering him some rinky dink little start out thing. So he's, and then we could talk about it in two or three years. And two so, three Buster, years. so is this like a short, like a 20 minute uh, or? No, he, he did well in the film. He performed well. So they're giving him, okay, you could do more of the same. And he goes, great, I can direct. They go, no, Buster, no. you cannot direct. And he goes, we'll talk about that in two or three years. And he goes, fine, we'll talk about it in two or three years and leaves. So Gloria will need... after him, what the fuck you doing, man? And I, I want all artistic control. Sure. Three years. Okay. Okay. See you then. See you then. <laughs> As it happened. I don't know. I don't think so. You know, I mean, where's Fatty Arbuckle? Uh, you know, he's coming up the ranks. They don't, he, he didn't go and 
cute one thing and then they read cards and offered him something. This is all a lie. Yeah. Why would Sydney do that? Listen, Sydney is good. Sydney Sheldon. He would go on to do uh, the Patty Duke show. I dream a genie. He made yeah. a heart to heart. He made a. Uh, he got. He was a broad. He did six Broadway plays, um, and he he got an Oscar for something he wrote. It's called The Bachelor and the Bobby Soxer. I have no idea anything. Oh, I think I saw that one. Forty seven. I don't know with Debbie Reynolds. Was it? I think it's something else. Um, <clears throat> that's not in front of me right now. All right. Well, no worries. No, but actually, I'm thinking of different director. Oh, okay. Now, what weird thing happened is when he was done with directing, he started writing romance novels. And he was a fucking idiot. Because doesn't that name ring a bell? Yes. Whether it's the romance novels I read or the I Love and I Dream of Genie reruns I watch. (laughs) Now, right now, you will they'll be like foster you're crazy you're giving it all away and then larry will come out of his office and say come here you hello larry right uh she goes she goes you can go back to vaudeville and he goes i don't need to i just became a movie star and he walks in of course i'm doing the voice much better than donald o'connor ever did he has a well in his talkies um, yeah it sounds like they deflated a punching bag and then they left the punchy bag in the garage, you and just, then they dragged it out for the movie. You just movie. never heard him from the start, right? If the first right. time you ever saw Buster Keaton, he was doing the same pantomime, but it was a talkie. You know, if you knew his voice, you would have accepted it. You, Ouch. It's like when you see the radio star's face, and you're like, ew! Right, I, Michael Savage. Well, that was a great thing about Howard Stern, and he made no bones about it. He went ahead and like uh, got yeah. contact lenses, and he shaved that yeah. mustache, and he grew yeah. out his hair originally. Or maybe he just had the extensions to begin with. Tried to look like a rock star. Okay, so here we have our movie star. Yes. And she knows that Buster Keaton is a rising star, so she's waiting for Buster That's Keaton what she to said. come and ask her out. Uh, hello. Now, this person is fake, of course, but they're sort of like an amalgamation of a bunch of people. Um, Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? He was, how many times was Buster really married? Three. The last one was the real one. The last one was somebody who really loved him and he loved her. Um, The character of Peggy Courtney, that's her name, Peggy, and she's going out to dinner with Buster. And Buster will be like low class and he'll get embarrassed. Um, he's a veiled rester- reference to Buster Keaton's mother in law, Margaret Talmadge, who was known as Peg. That's the second wife who like took the kids. The character, uh, he's a com- this character is a composite of Norma Talmadge, May Murray, who he's married to, and Gloria Swanson. Now, really? Why, yes, but why make one? Why not just tell the Buster Keaton story? You know, there's really a good story there if they would just tell it. When the kid was in vaudeville, he one time a tornado came and swept him away. He got locked in a trunk and he almost uh, suffocated. That would be awesome. Watch. (laughs) There are movie plot points, you know what I mean? Like things to watch in the real life story. He was in a sanitarium for drinking. He didn't just hang out in his house like this movie does, you know? There's, And his story was, he was really talented, you know? He meets Fatty Arbuckle. Couldn't you see a great movie? 
Say, kid, yeah. why don't you come up? You know, I'll hey, be your protege. <laughs> I'm driving up to San Francisco. You want to come? Uh, yeah. No, thanks. I'll split the gas with you. <laughs> Sorry, you're too fat, Artie. He had a weird card oh, fat in the buckle. Hey, isn't that so and so? Oh, he's yeah, no, oh he's oh no, he's class, class, low class. Right. They really don't know him yet. He's sort of like a rising star. Look at her face. Look. At well, her he's face. eating like he's a, a poor Vavillian child. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's how he came up. Now this woman here, um, she was the queen of Technicolor because she uh, photographs so well in it. Um, she she's terrific in this films. movie. Yes. I mean, yeah, and glamorous. I mean, you can't. I can't copy that look. No, well, yeah, she was super glamorous and really big in the 40s and 50s. And she got married six times. All right. Yeah, I put Spustard. And, and she only had one kid out of six guys. Buster had a couple kids, right? Uh, yeah, Buster had two kids. I'm not, I don't know everything in the world about Buster. I've seen No worries, Buster. no worries. That's, this is, it's a big step because when you have a, a Hollywood uh, hagography yeah. where they embellish and they combine and, you know, follows a formula. And I can even, do the same thing. Yeah. And it also is a celebration of itself. It's Hollywood. So it's yes. a Hollywood movie about Hollywood. So exactly. I understand the, the trap and the allure, but. Uh, yeah, you know, Buster Keaton had six toes on one foot. He had six toes. Yeah, I made that. You need to up. know that. I made that up. Made it up. <laughs> oh, all right. So Buster I believed you. He would wipe. When he would wipe, he would go back to front. Look at this. He got a private table, Carl. He knows well, he's not going into another restaurant and make them laugh at him. Right. What? <laughs> he's hiding because he doesn't. No. He's got a he fork. Does, he's taking mouth, her man. to a place that he knows really well. It's a place uh, he drinks at. And so they know him there. And he bar. like. Gave him a couple extra bucks to. It's like he had a failed date with uh, Peggy, so now he went and got Gloria and said, "All right, come on, all right, I'll take you out." Yeah, come on, I don't go. Let's get some real pork chops. Fuck yeah. this. That's Two right. billion yeah. flop house pe- uh, pork chops. <laughs> <laughs> right away, Mister Keaton. Listen, I want to meet the the matron who's going to be cooking these pork chops because if she isn't from the orphanage down the the Vavillian orphanage down the street, <laughs> I ain't eating them. Now, also get, that yeah. Peggy, right, her six husbands, I think she just was a young because she's got the first one two years, the second one two years, the third one two years. I mean, that sounds like having a girlfriend. You know what I mean? Right. And then the next one, six full years, and then 24 years and 14 years, and those two guys died. Well, what a great life. Well, I'm saying, like, I think she was just young, and oh, instead and of married. having a boyfriend, she'd get yeah. married. Well, you know, no sex before marriage. <laughs> I don't know her personally. I don't know the story. I just happened to say that well, out loud. With her having only one child, it might have been no sex after marriage, too. Right. <laughs> Are you writing that down? I'm going to do that at the open mic. No, no, not about her, but how about this? I'll do this at the open mic. Uh, they say no sex before marriage. Well, let me tell you something. No sex after marriage. That's no. the okay. That's the punch. I could do yeah. it. I could figure it out. I'd have to enhance yeah. it. You also have to be. It's got to be like that. Uh, you know the angry uh, guy. Uh, I'm so sexually frustrated. No sex before marriage, and no sex 
after marriage. <sighs> yeah. ah. You know, people will probably see it parading down Broadway when you say, and no sex. So you'd have to change the last words. So after marriage, it would be. Uh, <laughs> oh, no sex. Yeah. No sex after. I mean, you could go the. Yeah. All right. I'm sorry, Carl. I'm oh, trying to workshop. I don't want to sound like a misogynist when I do my jokes like this, but it's, it's really hard not to sound like it. Oh, a fancy pork chop for you. Here you go, Buster. Pork chop special. Mama says hello. <laughs> we just killed this pig out back. Out back. It's a squirrel. You know the score. Now, Buster Keaton was the technical advisor to this film, but that doesn't mean he helped write the story at all. And he was a little bit oblivious to it. He was just there the days they were doing uh, filming. But and this, this scene right called, here. Right. This is called The Criminal. And Buster Keaton, in real life, in this movie right now, will be one of the cops. Like, one of the cops got sick and he was on set. He goes, I'll do it. Oh, wow. It's, it's very hard for me to tell. Once again, Donald O'Connor does his job. Okay, and he does reenact and everything, and the jerky herky, you know, and he does the stunts like this. Like, you see, how he went, Oh, shucks, like that. Buster would have done that, you would have believed it, you know, right. you don't believe it from him, but he still he does his job. Did you ever see Chaplin with Robert Downey Jr.? Is this no, I saw it, but I don't recall it. I think yeah. I was more surprised than jacket on. With the pole uh, and the, that's, I think it's funny, but it's just, I just know that the Buster Keaton one, I never saw this one. You think it's a good job? That, I mean, I think it's a good job of uh, him reenacting. Yes. It, it's respectful to the man's art, you know. Now look how he gets hurt here. I don't think it's a stunt man. Oh, you think it's him? I don't know. That's there a pretty he stupid is. stunt. Maybe I'm wrong. Okay. Oh, he's going to Yeah. Buster Keaton. Now, Try to help me find which one. one. There, are you my daddy? I mean, Buster Keaton. <laughs> <laughs> now, this is really weird. He's going to jump into that woman's stomach. Watch this. This is so bizarre. Oh, Was you it did ever see this film. You did see this film. I listened to this film while doing the, uh, making dinner. Boom! Disappeared. Yeah. Look, nothing behind that wall either. Also, I think that's a dude. It's just right. funny. Okay. Uh, here comes a Buster Keaton. I don't know. One of these. Now, I have a suspicion about which one at the very ending of this segment. See how good that was? But is it necessary for us to watch this in a movie house? A reenactment of his greatest hits? Uh, no, I do not think so. Uh, oh, hey, did you ever see the Chuck Barris Gong Show doc, uh, yes. biopic? Yes. Uh, the one George Clooney directed? I didn't know that. I, I know the actor, and you'd know his face. Yes, look Sam Rockwell. Look for Keaton. Okay. Okay. Not him. Not him. one him? scene, and I think Keaton is the officer all the way to the right on screen. I'll, I'll tell you when we get there. Sure. Well, I'll talk about Chuck Barris and the Confessions of a Dangerous uh, Mind. It was, was good. Yeah. It was based on his biography where he said he was a spy, and okay. I think it was because he was he wanted to add some, you know, and he played it straight. And they played it straight in the movie, and it was good, you know. And it gave a little depth to, instead of just reenacting it. There's a certain angle that was, was based on him, film. his own film. Okay, now wait, wait. Here's the scene. You help me now. All right. On screen, the rightmost cop. 
<clears throat> I think that, okay. He'll right. you see on the right there the darker curtain. Yes. Look there. I think okay. it's Buster Keaton. There right he there? Is. Yeah, there he is. You can tell by his face. Yeah, look at him, this posture. But it's still a question mark. I, I he's the one that's most Keaton-esque. Uh, life is too short. I'm gonna say it's him. Yeah, me too. Oh, you got the banana after it's all. His mini banana. Burp, thank burp, you, burp, real Buster Keaton. No, thank you, Donald. We are talking over the <laughs> I, I listened to this while doing dishes, so I know the music that they play is worse than anything I've heard on Looney Tunes. Looney Tunes had at least a sense of humor to it. Little subtle nods in here and there. But this is like full on rips of song. If you're tired, the, the go to sleep music plays and da 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 when he wakes up, Greenlands or whatever. Happy days are here again, kind of songs when it's yeah. good times. The whole orchestra plays, which I don't get. It's a silent movie, so if he made it, it wouldn't have a soundtrack to it. Now we're getting a fake story about the parents. That the parents, uh, like he tried to offer them a summer home in Michigan. I don't know. Listen, those new fancy. If you want to know the Buster Keaton story? Don't watch this film. Watch a documentary. It, yeah. If you want to watch this film, go ahead. But just think it's the, the man who, the rise and fall of the Hollywood star movie. Because this is not Buster Keaton's life. Doesn't it kind of feel that way? Because he is a silent movie star, mega star. And now as the years go by, Al Jolson. Don't, wait, do we get to the part where the, I, I did see the scene where the variety says, Al Jolson says his next film will talk. Right. You see that? And yeah. then you see a marquee with Al Jolson all talking. Now, the film wasn't all talking, and they never advertised it that way. It was just another thing for this film's plot. This film claims that the talkies killed Keaton's career. But this but could be any he, Hollywood icon, any Hollywood silent right. movie star. Yeah. That's what this movie is, the Hollywood rise and fall guy. of. But in real life, he signed a contract in which he was now a member of the uh, studio system. And he didn't have any creative control. He couldn't make up things on the fly. He lost. They said, this is the next movie you're doing, Buster. It, you know, he would be under other directors. That's the real story. And this is weird because he goes and he gets Gloria as if, like, he loves her or something. Like, come on, girly. And then he brings her to this house to say, this is the house I'm going to try to marry Peggy for. You know, Peggy and I will live here. So this is, this is his own estate, right? Like, this is what he bought? Well, like, he just bought it, like, today. You know, it's him being crazy. You can tell he bought it today because MTV Cribs is waiting to film him. Come <laughs> on in, welcome. Hey, I just moved in. So there's only like a couple bottles of uh, milk in the fridge. Look how they built it on a train track, dummy. Yeah. Well, Harold Lloyd, who, of course, I get mixed up, uh, had his own estate, and it was called Green Acres, <laughs> uh -huh. which I think it was sold eventually after okay. his passing. But uh, it was a fancy smancy, you know, and he would have publicity, holiday, you know, they would all have their Christmas photos from their house, this lavish house. Right. Very nice. And parties. Like Fatty Arbuckle's party, right? Well, that was in a hotel. It wasn't in his own house. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. 40 gallons of booze. Yeah. If you believe. Burr, 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 burr. You got some jazz music in the background. Burr, 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 burr. Uh, well, right now we got that. Go ahead, play it. 
Oh, yes, of course. That happy chipper music, like everything's going my way. Sorry, I've been so gregarious this episode. Ah, he just played four notes. Do, 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 do. Five notes, six. Six. No, I six. can't play a note. Happy music. Possible. It does. It's like the, the I'm just being in dreamland from this music. Now he's going to drop the bomb on her that he's going to try to ask Peggy to marry him. So let's see if the music changes. Yeah. Da-da. You could have been number seven. It's scary emotions. Scary. Uh, but love will. Oh, gonna, gonna ask Pe- 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 Peggy to marry you. So the music just saccharates this movie. A lone violin wailing against the backdrop of clarinet. Let's have a drink. Now there's Oscar Goldman of Steve Million, Six Million Dollar Man. Yes. Still looking the same. Yes. Even though it's the 50s. Even though, well, no, he looks older in the 70s. He does. He's got yeah. these glasses on. He was the Shell Answer Man. That was his corporate thing all his life. He was born in New Jersey. Take that, bitches! Oh, shit. How do you like me now? We got, we got Oscar Goldman. Yeah, it was. You know, you were making fun of New Jersey, but did you know the Shell Answer Man is from New Jersey? <laughs> yes, he is. I didn't realize that. I'm really sorry. I take back my comment about your trash. Now, Gloria is totally in love with Buster Keaton. And Buster Keaton's like, I'm marrying Peggy. Isn't that but great? She was friend? not even. She Was she really in love with him? I guess we just saw her. Liz, look at her face. Well, wait, listen to the music. <laughs> yeah, because it's goodbye. The studio is shipping her off to Europe? Well, okay. She goes and says, I quit. And And she goes, why are you quitting? He goes, like, I don't know how he finds out. You know, he just knows it's about, he goes, I don't have much experience with the heart, Gloria. But if you want to talk, I will listen. He goes, I'm going to Europe. I need a change. And he goes, if you're going to Europe, go for the studio. Bring back the next Valentino. So she's not fired. Now look, Peggy shows up with the Duke of blah, blah, blah. Hiya, Duke, says the closed captioning. Is it Bulgaria? Bulgaria. Bulgaria. Bulgarian. Thanks for bringing my girl to the party. And rushes off with her. What? Hey, do not pass go, he says. Do not click $200. I am going to marry, yeah, the Monopoly dude. Did he have a monocle? No, nor did he have a mustache, but I could have had a top hat, so I had to say something. Because we saw Gabo with the monocle, and then we saw another one after. Um, we saw we Keaton saw, with the monocle. Yeah, Keaton, with well, the, he didn't have the monocle. Biacle. Biacle. He had his full-on glasses without the little ear thing. So it would be on the bridge of his nose, and he'd squeeze an eye. He'd squint. Right. It would balance on the tip of his nose, on the uh, crown of his nose, and it was balanced by two pieces of felt that was Uh off the side of it. Yeah, that would hang down all the time. Now, 
that was 1929 and that's just a it was a real thing you might see a guy with you know that's so <laughs> weird was, but i'm sure like if they saw you know they went into the future and flava Flav has got the watch and you know i don't know we've got the phone with uh, right. you know, ear pods or something there, there's ear-pods. some plenty of silliness i mean he is a duke and he you should always address a duke so hi she, a duke hi a duke and she's a fuck Fuckus. Fuck, fuck. How do you say uh, it? How do you pronounce it? Duchess. Fuckus. Duke and Duchess. But she, she fucks the Duke, right? Oh, so she's a she's fuckus? A, yeah, she's fuckus a fuckus. of York? Yes. Is that what you're trying to say? I never heard that one. New oh, Keaton what's film. the headline? That's half the headline. It says, it's not a laugh riot. But they cut that part. Oh, he scores Coke again in new action comedy. <laughs> you know, it wasn't a drinking comedy. Oh, no. The caption turned it, the photo turned into the scene. Okay, now, this let's is crank the music. funny, just because you get a surprise. He doesn't drown. You, you, you didn't... You oh, right, there you go. There you go. You probably just heard the... Wah, 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 wah. Wah, wow. Yeah, right, you hear the laughing music. Again, There's Bugs Bunny isn't this heavy-handed. You see the, the, the headline said the general? Oh, right, but there's no general scene. There's a Nanook of the North. Oh, Carl, good news. Nanook of the North is on Plex, a free streaming <laughs> service. Yes, the historically inaccurate. Wait, oh shit, what's going on? I'm buffering, He's Carl. fishing. This is the called the frozen No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm buffering here. Oh, sorry about that. Now, Buster Keaton is on set right this moment telling right. him how to do it and everything. Okay, so I'll let you know what time I'm at once you get better. Yeah. But for the audience, I'm just going. I'm not pausing or something. No, I, I agree. Keep going. Buster Keaton in college. Another movie. Now we're going to get it again. We're just going to see him reenact one of his movies. And I just like that the real life Buster Keaton was on set advising them. Yeah, well, I mean, those movies were classic. College is great. And uh, so I'm glad that he gets to uh, at least, you know, I mean, he's getting money off it too. All right, just tell me what number you are, and I'll catch up real fast. He was at. He added his own new jokes too. Okay, it's forty-three minutes and seventeen, eighteen, okay. nineteen. I'm there. I'm there. I'm there. Okay. <clears throat> well, I'm buffering, but I'll I'll catch up. Wait, wait. You just said you were there, and right, now because you say it was I'm playing. Buffering. So well, I did, all right, let me try. I'm gonna do it. Okay. What's your minute? Again, I don't know. It's a black screen. It's not popping up for me. Ah, well, again. he's flipping. He's at an ice cream. He's got like a soda jerk thing and an ice cream cake thing, and it's day one on the job for him. So he's Carl, I'm switching systems. Pantomime fuck up. All right, I'm switching from PlayStation to YouTube on the. Wow, I got to tell you, Mutiny Radio's got a budget, man. It really has great equipment. It has an oven. By the way, station manager Pam Benjamin really pissed off that I cooked, baked something in the studio that had zero milligrams (laughs) THC. What are you, is it 30, 60, is it 100? I'm like, zero. She's like, what? One time in Mutiny Radio, I made made fish in the microwave. Oh, Pam was pissed. She was pissed. She was complaining Three about that. Three days day. of fish smell. I said, Pam, I know. I get it. It was like fish smell everywhere. It was like two years ago. <laughs> Still talks about it. 
you cooking fish uh, that was a classic the, Laurel did you burn popcorn damn it she she bakes fantastic she's a great chef uh, food but and and you know non-medicinal food too like regular edible human food uh <laughs> just a great great uh baker and uh he damn has barbecues damn pendulum all right i'm going keep going carl i'm going to catch up with you my friend did I tell you what time I'm at, or it's not time? Just, yet? just keep let the audience know what's going on, and I'll catch up to you once <laughs> I, oh, I can. Okay, another headline about a smash hit, Keaton smash hit. Now he's going to go in and start talking money, and they're going to. He's like, I want half the profits, and they're like, the fuck, man, are you fucking crazy? He goes, other people get half the profits. He goes, yeah, because they put in half the money. He goes, okay, I'll mortgage my house and I'll put in half the money. He goes, all right. We'll do half the profits. And then they get out like a yellow legal pad and write down some legal bullshit. They're and that guy Tom's the lawyer guy. That's uh, how business works. All right, yeah. where are you, Carl? <clears throat> Jersey. Uh, it's 45 minutes and 50, sorry, 54, 55, 56, 57, 8. Now I'm coming up on 46 okay. minutes. I'm with you. I'm right with you. I'm right with you. He'll mortgage the Taj Mahal. Is it a state called Taj Mahal? No, you're not with me. I am with you. He's shaking hands. Yes. 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 I'm back. I'm back in the game. You two can't uh, cover me, you know, can't suppress me. They can't step on me. (laughs) Listen, this guy acknowledges. Goldman's now writing down an official legal document. Yellow paper. Legal, official legal document. Take Buster's money. There we go. This is the scene I saw. I was, I tried to... Oh no, the end is near. It's Jolson to make talkies. Is it? That's the classic variety. See, at least this one uses the lingo picks. You know what I mean? Like it's usually like, yeah, he wows with talkie. You know, it's like, <laughs> I don't know. It seems like a very bland variety headline. Not up to their usual puns. Yeah, that's right. Well, it wasn't the New York Post. Well, the New York Post got it from them, right? Because they would say pick sinks. Yes, you know. they did get it from that, uh, them. Yeah. Um, okay, so Gloria's back from Europe, and she's like, thanks. Thanks for the cure. I could give a shit about that, Buster Keaton. Right. In fact, I'm going to marry Tom. Or, Tom, or maybe the, the, that Duke Tom? What's that? Duke Tom, right? No. <clears throat> That's Peggy, Miss Glamorous. This is Gloria, the love interest of both Tom and Buster. The casting director. Exactly. Mr. Casting Director. Uh, Careful, I'm breakable. Francis, it's great to see. I mean, Peggy, it's great to see you. Sorry, I thought you were Francis for a second. Gloria, Gloria, Gloria. Sorry. So, (laughs) sorry, sorry, sorry. What a boyfriend. Oh, Oh, Gloria. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Sorry. What a great right. what a boyfriend. Did you just mistake me for Francis the talking mule? <laughs> um, so now she announces she's gonna marry Tom. And Buster Keaton is a little hurt by that, but not terribly. And so he's like, Come on out and see the movie we're releasing and you know, our big releases tonight. Then we'll go down the town. Look, well, oh, Tom, Tom, right? Yeah, that's marbles. Oh, I say that all the time. Marvelous, so, marvelous. No, that's total marvel. It's not marbles. Oh, that's great. That's great. That's marbles. That's marbles. Marvelous. Oh, marble, marble top. Marble top. 
Oh, this must be Mustard Top. Marble, marble, marble. This I marble top. Oh, uh, the dreidel song kicking out. Oh, let's hear some music speaking of dreidel song. Oh, this is where they drive around the theaters, right? Okay. So here it is. Out. They're going to pass the New sensation. He's going to think it's him and go, what a crowd, what a crowd. No, but he doesn't say just a crowd. He says, they're waiting my, that, for that new pantomime. That pantomime audience is huge. Uh, yeah, that's right. All talking Victor, which is not true, Carl, right? No, it was not true. The whole, yeah. it was Mammy. That was the, the yeah. uh, talking part. Right. Again, as you were saying, we are, uh, movies uh, have evolved, but don't forget, we evolved. The technology of talking films started with Mammy. So. Yeah, it did. Yeah. Okay, you're saying that because of blackface, and of right. course, that is well, the and, and big talking... trigger. That is the big well, you know, trigger. It's well, well, I'm Jewish too, so don't don't get me wrong. It's a story about a, a rabbi's son who decides not to be a cantor, uh, and he decides to do minstrel shows. So, um, the thing is, on its own, without any politics around it, right. I see that and think of it as horrific because what it means is they thought all black people were of a dumbness, of a certain way, of a stupid. You people know, would pay to see that, and they like were it was in business. No, but I'm saying like it shows that the the zeitgeist of the time was incorrectly thinking about a whole group of people as right. wrongly. Okay, without all the politics, it sucks. You don't need the extra. You're canceled, and I don't know all that extra. I know, stuff. I know. I mean, it's not the... needed. It's horrible on its own. So anyway. He's running out of money, so he's like, the cook is quitting. And he goes, why? She doesn't like the food? Ha, ha, ha. And so the butler's, he goes, I'll sell a painting. And oh, he it. is. Look, he's so out of sorts, he doesn't even have a coffee table. Yeah, that's right. Because he doesn't have coffee. It's a booze table. Oh, right. So, is the organ gone, too? Oh, I never played a note. I guess I'll never play a note. I, don't, I never played a seven note. He heard the repo men. They tried to sneak out last night with the organ. <laughs> you wake up, Buster. Stay there. Stay there. Who goes? Who goes? It was Stan and Ollie who took the uh, organ away. They went down the staircase. They went up the staircase with the piano. It was hysterical. Uh, what do you mean put in a dime? Ring, ring. I'm not, like he's so broke the operator says please insert 10 says <laughs> the payphone has not been invented yet darling i'm coming right over so he's like okay he calls up larry and he's like all right i'll do it and now peter laurie the guy who dumped water on him hates him you know even though he was a huge star it doesn't matter he's at he's fallen to the ground now He's doing a part in a talkie. This is like Wired. It's not a real person, right? It's a in the Hollywood tradition about Hollywood movies, biographies. He's is he a real director or is he like a made up director? He's a made up director. Yeah. Cecil B. DeMille was a real director, and he got his cameo in. Yeah, that's all it was—a cameo. He goes, "This, Mister Brankington, is the microphone." He's got his cigarette. That's your Peter Laurie. Yeah. You silent people have such trouble with the microphone. Well, he'll rot. I can't do it. I, I love his voice. Here, let me, uh, now that I got back in the 
game. Uh, We've got to have. Turning it out. Hmm. Use Val with spirit speech to bridge you into one about your mother-in-law traveling. Eliminate all optimistic testing. Okay, this is going to be a take. Okay, it's going to be a take. You're right. He definitely downplays it. And roll him. See, I'm going to ask you to turn it up again when he talks about the microphone because he'll go back to it over and over. That was bad for you. Said it's that. Battles the brain. Does that sound like he's sitting Does he have a deadpan? He does have that wilting voice he really did have in the silence. No, and then talking. Like him and singing in the rain. It sounds like him in the movie we saw. It's. it's... Hang on. <laughs> he keeps rubbing that in. Look, he takes. He takes away. his hat away. His signature hat away. Yeah, his signature hat. Throws it on the ground. Ah, the humanity. <laughs> oh, ladies and gentlemen, the humility. His, for, uh, Keaton's career. Oh, the humanity. Oh, the... That was New Jersey. New Jersey made the Hindenburg crash, bitches. That's we got right. the Hindenburg, bitches. It was Carl from Aqua Team. <laughs> got war to worlds bitches that's right jersey was invaded first the martians were like where are we going to go jersey bitches. jersey rehabilitated rehabilitated so he he has a hard time saying this one word and he'll fucking drink because of it and then after freak out because of it is Watch he gonna drink on the uh it was so hard to watch him do this oh Cathartic. Cathartic. Cringeworthy. It's cringeworthy, yeah. If it was acted a little better, though. Well, you're right. Donald O'Connor is doing an actor, actor, actor job. Yeah. He's, you right. know, he's as professional as you can get. It's just not, it's not necessarily like his acting is bad, but the idea to do a film like this is bad. You yeah, know, he's the just the professional they got in to do it. Now, after this film, he was no longer a leading man in anything ever again. He would be supporting roles from this point forward. Well, we watched one of his uh, six films he did with Francis the Talking Mule. We watched yes. Francis Joins the Wax, the women's right. auxiliary uh, corporate. Oh, wait. Why women's... before we met your mommy, L-W-L-F-M. O-I-T. He goes, okay, reload. So Buster Keaton goes, all right, I'm going to reload. Gulp, 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 gulp. Oh, he is drinking on the job. Yep. He's going Eric Bogosian pop. and Larry Sanders. Imagine that. You could buy your liquor and it had a pop cork, like a wine cork. Sure. I'm sure you could just refill it there. Gulp, or no, you throw gulp, it over. Ah, Buster, no drinking on the job. Yeah, he goes, you're up next, Mr. Drinking. I mean, Mr. Keaton. I loved you in Beetlejuice. <laughs> That's right. Michael Keaton, Buster Keaton. You heard my three Keaton joke up front, right? It no, was Michael, no. Diane, oh. and, and Buster. Now, who's Diane Keaton? Should I, should I know that actress? 
Yeah, Annie Hall. Oh, Annie Hall was um. Uh, yeah, with. With I guess. Keaton. I, what? Oh, uh, Palms? oh, Diane Keaton, who was oh, of course, uh, she always wears the turtlenecks, and she's like yeah, they always in X Wives movies. Didn't you see Palms? She was in New York City. It was a movie shot in Georgia, and she uh -huh. was old and lived in new york city it says yeah new york city it started off with new york city you know exactly the shots i'm talking about right, right. and she lives in like greenwich village so you know the scene and then she goes to georgia to a retirement home okay and then it's all like georgia and that's where the industry is anyway but she joins the pom-pom uh, squad and she gets she enjoys her life again uh is that for like football what's the pom-pom squad you know like a cheerleading competition okay yeah but they're old that's the gag the retirement home cheerleaders. That's good. Is it yeah. something I should see? No, not at all. I just, <laughs> I stopped at a certain point. I thought it was fine. I mean, everyone was professional and God bless, you know, the Georgia film industry must be a beast. You got to keep feeding it production. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, uh, made in Georgia. That's like a new thing. It's like, they're, yeah. they're like fudged with the tax rules. It's like, if we go to Georgia, we can make money on this film. I have to say there's a film called Vacation Friends. I guess it's on uh, Hulu. It's an original movie. It's really funny. And the half of it is they're in Georgia and they go to every single Waffle House in <laughs> Athens looking for them. You mean the, like, the actual the Yeah, waffle. the actual Waffle Houses. Have you been in there? I've been to a Waffle House in my lifetime, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was a good experience. Okay, so now they're about to get married. And Gloria finds out Buster Keaton is in jail. He was at a speakeasy and had a big fucking fight. He didn't even know his name or where he was. And he got locked up. So now Oscar Goldman is like, I'll send someone. To <laughs> he goes, no, I, he goes, I don't want you to get involved. She goes, I am in involved. I'm involved. Goes, I'll do it. Austin, Austin Go uh, Goldman from $6 million band. Yeah. It's my responsibility. I'll go. Boy, oy, 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 oy. <laughs> We could reheat they could rebuild him. Look with your eye. Doink 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 doink. They're in the other room. Thanks, Steve. we'll we'll take five dollars off credit for that one. How much do I still owe the government? He goes and gets Buster. Now it's the morning, and what we're going to find out is last night, Buster Keaton married Gloria, the night she was supposed to marry Tom. What? Yeah, that's right. I, now, didn't, this know, really I didn't hear happen? this part. What's that? I must have not heard that part when I was doing dishes because... Yeah, I don't know if... I mean, this is hour 20 hours. This is 91 minutes. After, uh, you, that's a lot of dishes, dude. Well, I was preparing, uh, you know, I, I got to clean up the, the mini radio kitchen uh, for the next person. I know. Pam gets so furious. You got to well, clean up after yourself. Or she she's will. a perfectionist when it comes oh, to the yeah. kitchen. You got to keep it clean so you can bake. She ran in. She said, Carl. I can't do her voice. Carl. That's, yeah, that sounds like Pam. <laughs> I well, said, do, do Peter... I'm cleaning up now. Do Pam as uh, Peter Lorre. Carl. <laughs> The kitchen is all dirty. Do you know this is a, called a kitchen, and the kitchen is very dirty. 
It's... Some dude named Carl's up next. Here, Have let this it? sink in. Clean the sink. Okay, oh, so he's well, like reenacting, like he's discovered, and then I did this, huh? No, no, no. She's doing it. I don't remember oh. that. He's saying, oh. she goes, why aren't you supposed to marry? I did get married. Why aren't you with your husband? I am with my husband. And then he goes, I need a drink. <laughs> oh, no. It's so simple, life. He goes, I have a cut here. There must have been a fight. The cop said there was. I don't remember that. This is where they should do the hangover part one, where he goes through Las Vegas to kind of discover what his last night was. She go, he goes, I'll get a drink. And she goes, I'll get it. And he'll get, he gets, she yeah. gets the coffee. And he's like, you know that's not what I meant. Glug, 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 glug. Wink. Wig. Whoop. There Whoop. it is. That's it. With that first uh, whoop, you're like, ah, the day has started. Thanks. Now I could talk. Now. Yeah, right. Don't talk to me until I've had my coffee and Kahlua. <laughs> and Kahlua. Yeah, there's so the egg glue. One time the family went to Florida and I was alone and um, I had like a week. And so I drank like every, I would, I would do my job and the day would be over and I would go to some open mic or something. I would drink to excess, you know, yeah. just like one drink too much. I, I'm not a crazy person, but I, like my family's gone. After three days of it, I didn't like how I felt. I felt weak. You know, there was something like, it wasn't a hangover because it was always vodka. But I mean, I started feeling physically like my muscles were achy. I could never be an alcoholic. I couldn't handle it. Lucky you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, did you uh, drink alone? No, I would like go to open mics or something, gotcha. you know, and or I'd be with Anthony Quinn or something. I think I'm going back before his time though. I don't remember. It was they were gone for a week, and I was like licensed to ill. And then after three days, I was like, uh, you know yeah. what? I, I, I don't need to exercise my right to party, <laughs> right? Totally. Oh, well, good. Thanks for being so candid. And also, it's good. It's good. Uh, mic form not to be wasted. <laughs> well, I uh, mean, yeah. I stayed sober for like two days or three days or something, and then you know, I just had a regular night. But I don't know. Yeah. Okay. So now, so now they're married, and it's like, um, so where's Buster? Oh, he went out for to get up the newspaper. When will he be back soon? I don't know. That was three days ago. Really. So now she's overhearing him coming home. Good night, Buster. Hiccup. A car pulls off. Now we have a weird scene in which he's going to, like, try to pick a fight. Like, he's bored. He's got nothing to do. He's he's gonna working, go to right? Tracks. She's paying his, their bills. Is she's signing he's checks doing. right now with a quill. Yeah, go ahead. Listen. All right. And by the end of the scene, she's talked him into calling up Larry to get a bit part in one of the movies. Snap. She has some European travel money. Right, that's right. I'm going to the track. She's like, fine. He's like, is everything I say fine? She goes, you can't pick a fight with me. I'm not fighting. 
Blazer for talking actors. No, really. Blazer for talking actors. Fuck that. Pantomime. Yeah. Are there any pantomime plays? All stage description? I'm a palomone, a palindrome actor. Palindrome. Any any place that begin and end with madam on madam. There's some cue cards on the top shelf. What what are they? Not cue cards. Uh, do you call them placards? Oh, placards. Placards. Why do you keep saying that? Placards. Well, placards. Because I don't know how to pronounce it. I never heard it out loud. What do you ever get on a plane? I get on a plane. Yes. Well, Where so do I see a placard smoking, on a plane? Do not tamper with the smoking signs and Those placards. Those are the non-smoking signs. <laughs> All right, never mind. You don't need to name them. They already have a name. There's the no smoking sign. Do you want to go to the track with me? I don't go to the track. I don't like it much either. Then why do you go? Well, the afternoons get pretty long. Listen, it's a sure thing. The horse is called a sure thing. <laughs> oh, no, I got a sure thing. It says right here in the program. The, 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 the... Yeah, this is back when newspapers, you know, they spin the headlines. You can tell the story of the newspaper. They don't have to turn on a TV set when they go home and the NY1, New York City right. 1 is on. Uh, aching news, a meteor is heading towards the earth. Uh, with this just in, a grocery store was uh, robbed and uh, <laughs> private detective so-and-so was shot. I can't let you go on paying the bills. I can't pay them myself. I can't sell this house for as much as I mortgaged it for. I've got to do something, and I don't know what. So she's like, why don't you call Larry? Oh, hello, Larry. Fucking grovel for a little part. They're doing a film called Soldiers. Oh, you know the sitcom Hello, Larry. Mm, sounds familiar. Is it a threes company It was spin-off? a spinoff. Of, That's destined to it fail. It was a Larry backdoor was pilot spinoff uh, from Different Strokes, and it starred recently departed match star McLean uh -huh. Stevens. And he played a morning DJ. No, he was like a Frazier of his time, and he had like a talk show. No, he had like maybe a morning show, and the show was called Hello, Larry, and people would call him. They would say, Hello, Larry. <laughs> And he, he was, you know, he was a dad, a single dad. He had two teenage kids, uh -huh. daughters. I don't know. Maybe they weren't teenage. I don't maybe. know this. This was 70s, 80s? It was like 81, maybe. Mm -hmm. 70s. It was that time period, that Twilight, when uh, Different Strokes was on. Yeah, it's weird how, like, the 70s ended and the 80s started. Now, Reagan did make it a distinct cut. Like, yeah. Like, all the hippie stuff was dead by 76. So it's right. sort of like the 80s started a little early, but not really because you still had disco and all that bullshit. Well, you can see in the fashion and just the way clothes looked and, and just this, the way things were directed, you know, that there was like, a transition. One I saw um, I saw footage of when Reagan got shot, Ooh. and it was like 80, 81, right? Yeah. And um, uh, all the, the crowds and the news reports, you see all the styles. It was that weird... One foot in the 70s, one foot in the 80s, but they were making it up as they went along. I do remember that him getting shot. I, I do remember seeing it. It was outside his car, right? Yeah. Yeah. Getting into the limo. Right. And, and that's when they, shot, they kept him going in. Well, they shot that. Uh... I forget the guy's name. Um, yeah, because he, Reagan didn't die. It's the one who fell in love with Jodie Foster. It. Oh, he's up for parole. Okay. He was up for parole. I say let him out. Let, it's so long ago.
That's all right. Well, let's get back to Buster Keaton's Hinkley? story. No, Hinkley. Was no, let's talk about Hinkley. Hinkley was, we... Hinkley was dead. Lennon. Oh, Hink was Lennon. Yeah, right. What's no, Chapman. 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 Mark. Yeah. Okay, then it was Hinkley. It was John. John. You have to say three names when they're killers. No, but yeah, but the thing is, Reagan. Are they didn't going to the die. track? Reagan didn't so... die. He wasn't an assassin. He assassinated, he attempted assassination of the President of the United States. He should deserve right, what's like. His name? What's his middle name? I'm trying to watch the Buster King. Oh, okay, okay. So now he comes in and he's like, okay, I'll be the star in your new film, Soldiers. And they goes, no, not the star, just a part. And he goes, all right, well, I want at least four setups because I have some, no time for setups. It's one scene. And he goes, what the fuck? Call general casting. I'm Buster Keaton, bitch. All right. You want an extra? You call the extras department. Yeah. Here's your extra as a box set, season one and two. (laughs) Now, on the wall is Buster Keaton in that movie called The Boat. And it might really be Buster Keaton. I'm not sure. We'll take a look at the painting. But I think this is a scene in which there's a flashback to it. Oh. Oh, it, like it goes into the camera, moves up to the picture. Is that real, Buster Keaton? Ooh, Looks like it, right? Ooh, 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 ooh. That's not the real boat, though. No. Once again, we're getting a reenactment, and what gets right. me excited? Oh, about oh, music, is, music. Like, do, do, do. get ready, excitement. Right behind us, behind our eyes, watching the boat to our do left you hear or the... right is Buster Keaton in the flesh, the real Buster Keaton. He was on cool. set. Sorry, I was so enthralled by that music. Taylor song. The SS Minnow. So he's obviously going to sink. This is so crazy. He's still. I guess that's the Pacific. I would probably be the worst silent movie audience member. I would tell the organ, like, can you stop playing like that? It's <laughs> just annoying me. Yourself. Let's just watch it. Hi. Hey, but I, I hate to tell me. you, when I saw the general, that's what I did. I you turned it, it off? Yeah. yeah. And every now and again, I would take off the mute, and I would hear, blink, a blink, a blink, a blink. And I'd say, yeah, that's right. That's why I'm muting it. Yeah. Well, you know, honestly, to be in a house full of everybody and have an organ play, like the, the cash used to be, like, it's fun. It's great, mm. you know? One time I saw this movie, it was a silent movie. I was at summer camp and the guy was just fucking around on the piano and and they said, please mute the, you know, turn off the sound of the movie and let's let him do it. It was pretty fun. That's cool. He was doing it in that style. So I guess if you hear it in person, it's different than. Yeah, because it must be a craft in, in and of itself to be able to sit down at an organ and just improvise. Or, you know, maybe have some sheet music beforehand or, like, see it a little, you know, be a little prepared. But still, Yeah, he caught the ball? Yeah. Did you miss it? Where did, how did he catch it? It was, it fell into his hands. No, his hat. He caught it with his hat. They're like, hey, you're Buster Keaton. Now, the real Buster Keaton had a love of baseball. And he had friends who he talked baseball with and... At the, when they did the general, they would take breaks and do baseball games all the time. But he never went to the track, right? Or he went to the track? No, nah, it was just conversation. He never went to the track. 
So one way in which the film of Buster Keaton, if they really had done it, would have profited and we would have learned all about his love of baseball. And that he locked himself, got locked into a trunk when he was a kid, a tornado. And a tornado lifted him into the sky. Yeah. I'm just saying there's lots in the real Buster Keaton story. You can life. make this movie now in 2022, three, you know, like, I don't want to give the away. the guy who played in the Queen movie? Oh, uh, Mr. Robot. <laughs> Mr. Robot, right? Isn't he Mr. Robot from oh, the oh, US okay. You know the actor I'm talking about? I don't know Mr. Robot. You know the actor I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If he did a stone face, if he did some, like, learning about great. Buster Keaton and action, I think he might nail it. It would make up for that Bond movie he did. And I could definitely be fi- Fatty Arbuckle. Because if they want me to put on a few pounds for the part, no I think problem. You guys, would, you guys would be great. <laughs> I've been there. No, but like they, there's, there's got to be some chubby today guy, you know, a young Jack yeah. Black. So all we're getting here is Buster's got nothing to do all day, so he plays with kids and he makes them laugh. Let's hear some of the music. Oh, and there's sweet and laugh track in this, right? Sweet what? They, no, they, it's kids. But they put the fake kids' laughter in there. Like you think it's fake? Probably. It's a sound. It's a movie. Safe. Well, the sound is definitely like they did a really good job on oversweetening the sound on purpose. Okay, so now he's going to run outside of the baseline, which everybody knows means he's out. But it's a movie. See, look, ha 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 ha. You're right. You're right. They did that in the sound stage and put it in. Oh, polishing our big How giant lamp. Oh, thank God. I was almost done. It took me six hours to polish that lamp. So you as you know, Buster that. said, if you, yeah, I'm, I'm interrupting you, but okay. As you know, he said, you know, fuck you and your Benny part, right? And he comes in and has a great time playing baseball, comes in the door and she's like, you look happy. You got the part. Oh, right. But he told him, fuck you in the beginning. Right, so he doesn't get the part. So tomorrow morning, here it is, 7 a.m., time to go to the studio. He'll be like, he'll just wander around town. They had a single bed, but she was never slept in it. I don't know. This is a fake movie. I don't know what happened. In... No, but I'm saying, like, in the 50s, you had to have two separate beds when you were married. Mm, like, no. I Love Lucy? Uh I don't it was, a, so. it was a haze code that started, remember? remember uh, when TV your father is different than a movie, and this is yeah. 57. I don't know. I don't know. Okay, now he will trick Elmer Hayes from Kansas. I think it's Elmira, New York. He will trick him into getting, he's saying, say, I forgot my wallet. Can you give me 10 bucks? To, I'll mail you it. He says, uh, where do you think I am from, New Jersey? I said I'm from yeah. New York. Oh, upstate. Elmira, New York. Make it out no, to our daughter. So I thought this guy was uh, Jack, uh, Jackie Coogan, who was uh, Uncle Fester. We really didn't get to see enough of Jackie Coogan. Jackie, well, he's the famous uh, kids actor that started a lot of laws in, in Hollywood and in, in America. That's right. Or, he yeah. sued his parents in like the matter of like $4 million. And we're talking about back then money. Um, they squandered it. And there's, uh, let's see, the California Child Actors Bill, the Coogan Act, right. came out of that. And 
It provoked California to enact the first known legal protection for the earnings of child performers. Uh, Hugin continued to, to act throughout his life, labor, later earning renewed fame in middle age, portraying Uncle Fester in the 60s television series, The Addams Family. So he's very brief in this film. He was the kid in Charlie Chaplin's yeah, movie. Yeah, that's right. The kid. Yeah. Which was remade with John Voight and Ricky Schroeder. I guess. I don't know. Oh. Could I watch it? No. No. Okay. Okay, so who's been unceremoniously dropped at his front stoop? A drunk Buster Keaton off of $10 he ripped off a fan. Oh, he just went and spent that $10? Yeah, he got now ten dollars back then is about eighty dollars. So Didn't he hear he the, the guy's from El, he's huh? from Elmira. He probably had a bottle on him. <laughs> yeah. Say, I forgot my liquor at home. Can you give me enough to drink to get home? <laughs> so oh, now Gloria will have the realization: no matter what I do, this guy's a drunk fuck. I got him this job, right? right. It's supposed to make him get back to being a star again. So now she's like, since I can't do anything if I stay, maybe something will happen if I leave him. This is all made up, folks. Completely so made up. We know that one of the things he did as a talkie was perform with uh, Jimmy Durante. But I don't see Durante right. in this movie. They did no, three no, no. movies together. Right. And there's yeah. plenty of story in the real-life Buster Keaton story. I go to Amazon Video Prime. Do you have that, Carl? Amazon yeah. Prime? Okay. Good. All right. You're almost there. And then uh, they have uh, little Abner from 1940. And uh-huh. I'm still watching like three minutes a day of that <laughs> horrible movie. And he's in it. I don't see it in this film. <laughs> three minutes well, a day. Now, um, the, uh, May Murray, his second wife, tried to sue this movie going, you, you know, characters, fictitious, or real, you ripped me up. And they proved in court easily that ain't you may right right this is like a fake wife oh they were able to get away with saying this is a fictitious yeah. story yeah so the, even they admit it sydney himself admits oh i wonder where's she going what's going on She's she just literally leaving. packed her bags yep why Dear did i leave that buster off first off thank Love you for purchasing this story. farewell journal I knew it was crazy. I didn't know why you bought it months ago, but now this is really handy. Hi, we're the kids that had a great time with Mr. Keaton. Is he there? Yeah, oh, I'm sorry. Out to play. I'm sorry. You're writing the Dear John Journal. We'll let you be, but first, oh, gosh. Can he come out and play? That's terrible. That's right. And they're like, he's sick today. Which means he's a drunk bitch. He's Hang hungover. On. Why did I buy a Dear John Journal and leave it on the table outside the door i was just asking for it <laughs> look at that dish for nothing there you put your keys in there when you come home key okay, dish. well they're home <laughs> no she doesn't need the key right she should leave it there so i guess this is on video you saw that distortion right and you can and see on the I right of the screen the the, the audio now this the was audio, never right? released to dvd it was never seen on television. It just went away. Weird. Um, yeah, let me see. Where is it? Where is it? Here it is. Um, it's a movie from the 50s. Why wouldn't they air it on TV at, at nauseum? Right. It's, it's nice and cheap for them. 
Uh, as of 2018, this film has never been released on any home video format. No widescreen prints have ever been released to television. I don't know why they make it's called Vista Vision. That's why it was. So anyway, we see it on YouTube, and that's like one of the only places it's available. What is Vista Vision? I saw that in the beginning. It's like it's like wide left and right, like um, Lawrence of Arabia. You see the 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 they show you the the regular screen and the wide screen. It took a special projector for this for him getting rejected. This, this yeah, I know they wasted it on this. You should really see the orphans in Vista Vision, Carl. It's like so he goes, do something funny, and so he does. And then they say, do something funny again, and he like fucks up and hurts himself. But they go, ah ha ha, like he meant it, and leave. So he's all bummed out. Here, hold this flower, huh? <laughs> do something else funny, Buster. You want something else funny? Okay. Whoa, whoa. Yep. Whoops. Buster. They think. Yeah, he was a real buster. What a bummer. What they a thought ouch. it was funny. So now it's time for this fake movie to change his fake life. And he'll walk past the for sale sign of the castle. A Shangri-La. For sale by Carl Halp Gorgages. Ha ha ha. Mr. Yes. Keenan is here. What? Diane Keenan, let her in. Send him in. Diane Keaton, how? Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were your dad and your mom. Ah, right? Michael Keaton. Oh, I'm sorry, Buster. He goes, where's Gloria? I'm not telling you. Well, I just want to tell her goodbye, and I love her. Bye. He goes, all right. Then, uh, then I'll tell you. Didn't he live in a trailer at the, at the studio lot? Yeah. We could have made a real Buster Keaton movie, and we didn't. We blew it. We made this well, instead. Once again, even though I'm mad at this director, you have to respect what he did in his career. This was just a fuck-up, in my opinion. Sidney Sheldon. We wouldn't have I Dream a Genie if it wasn't for him. That was five I years running. I hear you, man. Now, heart-to-heart, we could have lived without. Oh, no, no. I gotta have heart-to-heart. I can't live without heart-to-heart. But it's also bizarre that after he was 50, he wrote 18 novels and he sold 300 million copies in 51 languages of romance suspense novels. And he directed this film, an inaccurate portrait of Buster Keaton. Yeah, this film was uh, on interest. You know, Carl, you recommended a documentary, and I mentioned this last week's show or a previous episode or a forthcoming episode or possibly a rescribed episode <laughs> that uh, James Karen. The voice of Pathmark for, uh, uh, yes. and also from Hard Buddies too, was a child in Sam Beckett's only directed film called Film, where uh, Buster Keaton and uh, James Karen as a kid walked through this landscape, and later in life, James Karen hosted a TCM documentary on the life of Buster Keaton, and mm-hmm. he had a really good friendship with him, and uh, it's a really good accurate. Uh, and you know, like I said, you know, one of the things you were you told me about the Jimmy Durante movie we saw with Buster Keaton is that he sold his gags to the Marx Brothers, and that's yeah. accounted for in the documentary. It's not in this movie, right? It's not in this movie. And think about what good 
plot that is. Like you have to sell to the Marx Brothers. I don't know. I've do said it so many times. Do you think I, it's too? Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. I think they should have made the real Buster Keaton story because there's so much more juice there instead of this fake thing. Right now he's like, I don't drink anymore, and that's okay. I'll divorce you and forget it. Goodbye. It's all fake. This never happened. Do you think it's because it was too soon? Like Wired was 1989. It was just too soon because Lucy had died in 81. It's 57 here. 